college football talk like you've never heard before. The pinky finger goes up the nose. From the tailgates. He is a terrible tipper and a terrible human. To the touchdowns. He's going for the corner. He's got it. We have everything covered. Place at the table. Here are your hosts, Patrick Maher and Andy Staples. This squad is in the house. This place at the table podcast, week five college football. Patrick Maher live from Los Angeles. Andy Staples down in Florida. Sports Illustrated, of course, we say what's good to Staples. Hi, Andy. Good evening. You, uh, by the way, you can download the show on iTunes. Do us a favor, leave a review. We appreciate you. PATTpodcast.com. You can find us on the SiriusXM app embedded in Andy's Monday columns for Sports Illustrated. Oh, Lord, we're all over the place. Hey, any thoughts? Um, I know it's a big, uh, big moment for you, but Hugh Hefner just passed away. I, you know, it's weird. Ever since I, I read about what things were like later in life for him. With the way he had the, the girls just kind of lined up and the, it just, I can't. You can't. It's gross. <laughs> you just, like, you just can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. But any of us, we would all, like I was talking about this. I'll take 90. If you tell me right now, you're giving me 91. That's money. I'll take it. Sign up. Especially those 91 years. Yeah. Those are quality. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Now remember Playboy used to get all the best players in college football together. And had it, they had them on the cover every year. Yeah, that, that, it's something that, like, if I tried to explain that to someone who's 19 years old now, they would never believe it. And it was a huge deal. Yes, to be in the Playboy shoot, and uh, yeah, well, and and you had the Bob Hope one before that. Yes, but the 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 Bob Hope one was, was cheesy, and he'd he'd throw out some corny 50 year old joke. The Playboy one was cool. Yeah, it was. No, it was a big. It was an honor for those guys. All right, I I think to be honest with you, we're going to get to the week five preview. We'll give a couple of picks, mailbag, and and do it all. I feel like game day botched it last week. They were in Times Square. You could argue this was the week. Maybe they should have bailed out. No, they're going to be where Blacksburg. They're going to be in Blacksburg. I'm, I'm good with Blacksburg. That's Blacksburg at night is really cool. There's two. The, the, there's two huge games. There's two really big games this weekend. Would you agree? One USC uh, going to Pullman. Yeah, and but that's a Friday night. Yeah, somebody asked my mailbag, "Is it is it East Coast bias that they're not going to be in Pullman for game day?" I'm like, no, it's weeknight bias. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's Friday night. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then of course game day going to be there. First time I believe in ten years. Clemson going to Virginia Tech. That's really, I mean, the last of Clemson's worries. The rest of the schedule. I would. They still may have to worry about Florida State. We we will have to see what Florida State develops into as the season goes on. Uh, I think that quarterback can probably get better. But yeah, the, there were there were some warning flares thrown up in that NC State game, and mostly the the Florida State's defense just didn't perform as well as it had against Alabama. All right, let's play everybody's favorite game. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. I'm Andy. And I noticed as I checked out at Andy underscore Staples, you know, I like to find when Andy's being snarky on Twitter, maybe getting in people's feelings. And uh, really, all you're doing is tweeting people about the drama going down in college hoops right now with the investigations. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, 
Do you think this leaks over into college football? Of course, the FBI now involved and Patino fired and more to come, I'm sure. I, I'm curious if it does. It's not college football recruiting and the, the dirt that goes on there is not as sexy as the dirt that goes on in college basketball recruiting because you don't have the big apparel companies involved because they don't have to get involved with football. One, they're selling clothes and cleats in football. It's not as big of a business as selling basketball sneakers, which you can wear anywhere. Right. And the guys wear helmets. It's not as big of a deal to have. You, they're, they're not like three or four guys that you have to have. You know, If you miss on LeBron or you miss on Steph, you have a huge problem. If you're a shoe company, you know, so they cast a wide net and they want probably the top 100 guys going into college every year because chances are they're, they're going to wind up with whoever that person is 10 years from now, who is, you know, who can carry a shoe line. So it's about, it's a much sexier thing in basketball. And I, I, that's the part I wonder if, if, if they would care enough about football because i don't know that the characters the cast of characters would be as interesting for the fbi and they're i mean they're trying to generate headlines on this is it was interesting michael mccann who does the legal analysis for sports illustrated he's a, a law professor he was talking about how small time this is relatively speaking compared to what most big federal investigations look into right so this is clearly to get some headlines to show, hey, you know, we're, we're cleaning this up or whatever. But it's much sexier in, in basketball. and football, if they did this, they would get a bunch of really small-time hustlers because that's, that's how football works is dude from town – shops guy shops player from town to a bunch of different schools yeah and more intimate you know no no helmets you mentioned smaller squads it's it's a and also just the idea of recruiting much different right Andy? like yeah. there still is an old school element of coaches going to high school coaches in football in college basketball it's all aau yeah although it's not as big in football anymore i mean i've had coaches tell me you know i don't go to the high school coach anymore they everybody's got a guy every okay. Every football recruit and every basketball recruit has a guy. Now, the basketball recruit, the guy may actually work for an agent. Football, that's not the case because the agents don't need to identify the guys that early. In fact, it would be a waste of money to do it because the football guys have to stay in school three years anyway. So what you want to do is you watch them their freshman year and then you see who's going to be really good and that's when you swoop in. So it in basketball you you might the agent might make contact in middle school hmm. if i were to who would be one guy just off the top of your brain that you've covered who would be one guy if i said he was involved if he was implicated in any way college football coach you'd be shocked just from just from, now you can get fooled on these now because Hugh Freeze was up there, up there giving a sermon. So nobody you, must, was, but nobody was fooled by Hugh Freeze. Everybody no, that's something was going on. Yeah, that's true. Is there a guy though that you just you you've come across and you're just like morally the compass is off the charts? No, because that goes on everywhere. So there are some that that will not break the rules as much as others, or who who don't intend to break the rules, but it happens everywhere. When they were coming at Andy Staples, where around Orlando, I believe in high school, Florida was coming at you. <laughs> were they, were they coming at you with women and money and handshakes? 
Uh, let's see. Let's. What was Florida's recruitment of me? Oh wait, they didn't recruit me. <laughs> now they they did on the academic side, and they came at, at me with straight cash. They basically paid me to go to Florida. Like there was money left over after no I paid kidding. tuition, room, and board. So yeah, that that's that's how they came after me. But the other schools that came after me, uh, not not really in that echelon. They they're not the types that need to to cheat for recruits or anything like that. I did drink my first beer on a on a uh, an official visit. Good for you. Yeah, you want to know the name of the uh, the football factory that that was plying me with alcohol? Yes, Princeton. Oh, no, you know what? Don't even bring up beer like you weren't just trying to say that Princeton, that you're smart enough that, to get into Princeton. That's what that was that, about. I always think that's funny, though, because there was a few years ago they had the where they, they did the we're going to clean up official visits. And there are these schools that are they're letting the players drink alcohol in their official visits. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I think I it's, the, the Ivy League schools were doing that. Everybody does that. Who cares? I think it's funny you use the Miller Lite as an okie doke to say I was getting into Princeton. I oh, think no, that's, no, no. That's no, really it was, what it comes it was, down to. It was Milwaukee's best life. Would you smoke some weed at Harvard too, Staples? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, impre- like, I, didn't, I didn't do the official visit to Harvard. So all the Ivies did recruit me, but Princeton – I like their offensive line coach the best, and I basically eliminated the other ones because the Ivies had just dropped athletic scholarships at, like three years earlier. Like if they still had athletic scholarships, that's where I would have gone. But you had to pay, and my parents were high school teachers, so <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. So I basically picked one and was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'll, I'll narrow it down, and this will be the one I go to. And then I just looked over the money, and I was like, there is no way. I'm taking out all these loans. What were you? What did you get? Free. What did you get in high school? Were you just four point across the board? This is blowing I, my mind right now. I had good grades, and I, I was good at taking standardized tests. You're a good test taker. Do you remember your SATs? Uh, like what I got? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Why not? Don't even humble brag anymore. Just drop the number on us. Uh, fifteen hundred. Okay, walk and also drop the mic with that. My goodness, look at you! Wow, I, what a night. Yeah, no, I was a dork. I was a complete nerd. So, so let me ask you from from a journalist perspective. Right now, and you're not going to tell me, but you can if you'd like. Are there things that you've seen from covering the sport, also being playing, you know, at Florida? But are there things that you've seen um, as far as recruiting and just stories you've heard that y- you've been sworn to secrecy? There's no chance you'll tell us anything, but you could blow our minds right now. No, not really, because people don't just up and tell you that stuff. Now, there are stories that I've heard of different things, okay, but nothing I can prove. So nothing I would say publicly because I don't want to get sued. But that that and that's sort of the thing with this FBI investigation that's really interesting because we all kind of knew how it worked, but it was just through these stories, and one coach would tell you this, and one coach would tell you that. And you had a basic general idea of how it worked. But these guys have wiretaps and, and tapes from undercover agents. And they've got it on the record, which is crazy. Like, because nobody would ever give us that stuff. I guess I'm about to ask you a question. There's no way you'd give me the, the, the real answer to. Why wouldn't coaches and or agents come at a journalist to have you write pro them stuff 
what do you mean pro like pay you pay you to pump up the program and or write a favorable slant or whatever it is like is there have you been approached no nobody's ever now it it is interesting now that i've gotten into the food writing business i get these there's a good point i get these pr pitches where they say oh we'll cover your transportation and here's the travel itinerary and like it's crazy because of the world i come from like you do not accept stuff like that. You just don't. That's against the rules. And no, nobody's ever nobody's ever offered to pay me for any sort of preferential treatment or, or good publicity. Um, in fact, it it's it's interesting. I think I just think there's there's plenty of ways to get that for free if you're a big time college football program. So I don't know I don't know that you need to pay somebody. And the the thing about it for a person like me Yes, there's there's a, probably a quick payday and something like that, but if it, if you get found out, you would never ever work again. You would have to find a completely new industry. I would like to say, place at the table. We're unscrupulous. We will take payola. We will take anything <laughs> you got for us. It could be above board, below board, in the board. We don't care where it is. Just come That's on and what, pay like, us. When I got into radio, I had to like reading the the ads, doing the live reads was a little weird for me at first because there's such a big separation. Like when you go into the, when you go into the newspaper business, when I went to the newspaper business, there was a wall basically between editorial and advertising and the, the two did not cross paths. Oh no. Yeah, no. And, and they tended to not like each other. I'm guessing. Yeah, it was just, it was, we considered them a necessary evil and they considered us, you know, just morons who didn't care about money. But, it's a strange, it's a strange dynamic. But no, I, I, I'm sure it's happened where somebody's offered people money for, for good publicity. But I just, I, I think especially in the world of sports, there's so many places you could get that for free, where you just offer some access or you offer some scoops. And now people offer access, but the thing is, if you offer access, this is it's a double-edged sword. Because I'm going to write what I see, and it may not be something you like, right? But that there were, there are programs that will take that risk that will offer that will let me have access because if it comes out good, then it's it's good for them. When's the last time you wrote something where somebody the subject contacted you directly, bitter and pissed? And it's happened. Yeah, I some, people the these time. they've got some antenna ears now. People don't call as much anymore drop you an email yeah now it's like the the passive aggressive text or the passive like sid calls you well you know saban writes sup <laughs> <laughs> he has never complained about anything i ever sure. sup staples i'm trying to think of the last person who actually complained now the, i've had conversations with people at the ncaa because i kind of i rip them a lot but Mm, that's kind of a cop out. I thought you were going to say Princeton complained because he didn't come to their school just to continue with the brag. <laughs> they could have done without me. They, they, they did okay. Actually, the I always joke because Ross Tucker, the guy who played at Princeton and then wound up in the NFL for sure. like six or seven years, I probably would have wound up like hosting him on his recruiting trip. <laughs> probably would have scared him off. Would have been he's lit. Like the, he's like the best player that had come through there in years. Well, he was a good pro too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, like the big difference between him and me. Place at the table. What? All 
right, so Michigan is at Penn State. They host Ohio State this year. Penn State in late October gets Michigan and Ohio State back-to-back in consecutive weeks, and then you can fill in the rest with Ohio State. I bring that up because the Big Ten West is crazy. As we sit here right now, who you got, Big Ten West? I may go Iowa. What you laugh? Why? Why do you laugh? I don't know. Because Did you watch the Iowa Penn State? No, game? I I laugh just because you are innately a contrarian. I gave you three options and you just completely boomeranged my ass. You said Big Ten West. I, I meant to, you know what I meant. I just gave you the three teams. I botched the. I wasn't listening divi- to you. I botched the I was the waiting division. for the question. I just I just sort of zone out to you actually ask the question. Yeah, so. because you only want to hear yourself speak. That's the way people are in radio and in our business. Yeah, we're all narcissists. Narcissism. All right, so I say Wisconsin, you say Iowa. Let's go now. Okay, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. I'm going to go Penn State. Okay. Even with the back-to-back? Even with the back-to-back, because maybe you only need to win one of them. It just depends on how how people beat each other. Now, I am curious to see Michigan with O'Korn running the offense. Does that change anything? Because it certainly looked different that second half against Purdue. Because their defense is crazy. It's very good. It is very good. Yeah. And and we saw what happened when Penn State played a good defense. Now I but it, what's interesting with Iowa is they had given up forty one to Iowa State a couple weeks earlier. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's possible to, to slow down Penn State without an elite defense, but it just seems like when Penn State's offense is on, you, you better be really good to keep the score below, you know, where you need to score three touchdowns and a field goal. And by the way, you can't say that because at SI.com, you wrote, is Iowa State now a measuring stick for Texas? Matt Campbell's got that program going well. He does have it going well. Now, I think it says more about Texas than it does Iowa State. I, I had kind of forgotten before I started working on that story that the 24 nothing Iowa State over Texas game was just two years ago. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking that was 2013. And then you realize, not only did they did they beat Texas 24 nothing. They still fired their coach that year. Yep. So that tells you how far Texas has fallen. Because it used to be if Iowa State had beaten Texas 24 nothing, that would have been the season maker. Yeah, think about that. Um, okay, let's get into these games week five. I mentioned the two biggies, USC, Friday night in Pullman. Uh, Washington State, you have game day and everybody there. Clemson, number two in the country. Virginia Tech, number 12. So let's just go through a few of these, and we'll get to those and kind of go through them thoroughly. Do you think that Miami and Duke, does that end up now right now, Miami's a a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Duke. Do you think that's a game? I do. I do. Duke's been really good this year, and and Jones is a very good quarterback. So I, I think it's a game. I still would probably take Miami in the points. Who's got the better coach? I love David Cutcliffe now. I think David Cutcliffe so does is, Peyton. A, is a very good coach. And I, I was talking to, to somebody who, who knows Tennessee really well, and their thought was if Butch gets fired, maybe make another run at David Cutcliffe, see if he takes it this time. I don't, I don't know that he would or that he should, because I think he's kind of found his bliss at Duke, a place where you don't have to win – huge every season and they're still happy with you and he said he certainly has duke out punching its weight but the thing is i think mark richt has miami getting back toward where miami should be 
And so Miami, where Miami should be, trumps Duke outpunching its weight. Is Cutcliffe, and this is not disrespectful, but would he be a little aged out at this point? I, I definitely think there's age discrimination when it comes to those jobs. I, I don't think – I think people would look and say, oh, well, how many years is he really going to be here? But, yeah, no, I think that that would be a big stumbling block for him. And, and also, I'm not sure he'd take it at this point. He he, li- he likes the situation at Duke. He does. And uh, now the thing is, I think if he went to Tennessee, he could win there. I, I think he'd be very good there. But, you know, he, he's – He's found a place where he can be happy, and I think there's there's something to that. Well, that's just the thing. If he and we'll we'll talk about Tennessee next, but if Butch could recruit and then Cutcliffe just coached his recruits, that'd be a perfect combo. It'd be a nice guy. Although, I, look, Cutcliffe has seriously upgraded the talent at Duke. He's he's a very good recruiter, but it's too. a totally different ball game. Kind of how you're recruiting, it what is, you're recruiting. They, they they get on they get on guys real early. And basically identify who they want, get them locked down, and they're done. They're not. They don't play the same, the same game. He's been getting guys drafted games. too. He has. That, no, they've actually had some skill position there as well. Yeah. So, well, the QB now is is probably going to be one of them. Yeah. So that's one of those that it, it's going to be. I would imagine it's going to be a pretty good game. I just think if if Miami is, if Miami's as good as we think they are, they should still be able to beat them. All right, let's Saturday early back to the swamp. Are you, where are you going to be this weekend? I'm home, so I'm I'm going to go to the Florida Vandy game just because it's a noon game and uh, weird stuff seems to happen when Florida plays these days. So if if a we, if it's a weird game, then I'll have something to write about. If not, you know, I I watched I would have just watched the early games at home anyway. So I'll be home in time to watch the the middle and late games. I'd just like to say that didn't mean anything that Vandy got caught a beat down from Alabama. People are like, Vandy, Vandy was on the come up. No, Vandy is recruiting guys that are very right. <laughs> completely different human being. Right. Vandy's Vandy and Alabama's Alabama. <laughs> it's a little and, and that's why if I were Florida, I'd be very concerned about this because just because Vandy did that against Alabama does not mean that's what they're going to do against you. Because... The week before, they beat K-State, and K-State's got a pretty good team. So I I don't know that Florida's going to be able to, to move the ball quite as well, although perhaps they identified something watching Alabama. But all Alabama did was ram it down Vandy's throat. You know Vandy had three first downs? Three first downs, and Alabama had like 39. You said identify, and I think that's interesting because talk of Tennessee not having an identity, I don't feel like I know anything about Florida either. No. It's not no, like it, because, it doesn't have an identity. They don't have as dominant a defense as they had. The That's past the thing. Years. Past couple of years, you just leaned on that defense. It was stellar. Yep. No, it's one of those things where they they've probably got to score a little more than they have in the past few years to get the same result. And I'm not sure they can do that. By the way, Florida's laying ten. Yeah, I I wouldn't touch that game. Just yeah, I would. I'd go under forty two. Because, oh yeah, that's a yeah, that, mean, that's a nice one. I didn't even think about the over under, but yes, under forty two sounds. Given the recent history of this game, sounds pretty good. All right, let's uh, move to obviously after having you know a listless performance against UMass. Now this is a pretty damn big game. We talked about it in that buyout life on the last place at the table, but Butch and Tennessee host number seven Georgia. Mm-hmm. This is. This is an interesting game on I've many been levels. Fascinated reading the polls by the radio hosts in Knoxville of their listeners, 
there are a significant set of Tennessee fans that want Tennessee to lose this week just so they I'm can sure. fire Butch. That are rooting, actively rooting against Tennessee so they can fire Butch. What do you think the spread is, by the way? Uh, I know I I heard about this earlier. It's it's Georgia by what four and a half or five? Seven and a half. Is it seven and a half? Okay, wow. Over a touchdown. Mm, What's on the road? And and the thing is, Tennessee's desperate, backed against the wall. I I can see this. I can see this one being close. I still think Georgia's better and ekes it out, but I can definitely see Tennessee making it interesting because of the like the kind of last gasp. I get the sense, like, okay, so you mentioned the fan base. Can you explain to me Butch Jones's personality if he differs at all from other coaches? I get the impression, not necessarily a Southerner. I think he's from the Midwest. I don't know that he 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 is because he and, went. I know he's coaching at Central Michigan, so I'm guessing he's from. If you're at Central, you're probably from that region in some way. He's, he's from Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, how would you explain his personality? Well, his private, the personality he shows when a microphone or camera is on is completely different than than how he is behind the scenes. He does not like speaking publicly. He he. It seems like he's constantly afraid of saying the wrong thing. He's actually a very engaging person when you're when you're talking off the record, and you see, oh, okay, this is this is how this guy gets recruits hmm. because he he is a a pretty engaging guy. He he seems to understand how to build a program, what kind of players you're looking for, and in fact, the skill sets that I think he does a good job teaching certain skill sets. But the, the thing is the in-game coaching. The, basically anything that's extemporaneous, whether it be in-game coaching or, or talking in front of a, with a microphone in front of your face, he does not excel at. And that's a problem. That's something you've got to deal with. So they just – they never seem to, to do the right thing, the easy thing. Like they make it hard on themselves. Like this, this deal at the Florida game where they wouldn't just hand the ball to John Kelly. Why? Why make it so hard on yourself? Yeah, he was a stu- but, but but the reason why is because Florida was was zero blitzing. They were basically selling out to stop the run, and so the book says when someone's doing that, you throw. But sometimes you have to go with your instincts and not with the book, and that seems to be kind of the the overriding issue. With Butch, my gosh, he couldn't be more Michigan. Saugatuck, which is on the west side of the state, played at Ferris State. Yep, that was a big deal. All my kids, my friends in high school that you know if they if they weren't recruiting you, you weren't any good. <laughs> um, okay, the, so feels. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to lean any differently. Georgia right now, especially defensively, on fire. Yeah, uh, Kirby Smart threw up the warning flags after that game last week, though, because. You know, Georgia's not a team that, that is really used to winning yet. So they may not handle all the attention from that Mississippi State game very well. That that's This is a litmus test for Georgia, I think, just to see how do you handle everyone expecting you to win. Because we didn't know with Mississippi State. We didn't know what they were going to do. The Notre Dame game, we didn't know if Notre Dame was any good. But now we've seen Georgia beat Notre Dame. Turns out Notre Dame might be pretty good too, and you saw Georgia just whip Mississippi State. So now every every game practically Georgia is going to be the team that is expected to win. How do they handle that? 
because they haven't been in that position in a while. This is actually the worst spot for them. A desperate team, mm-hmm. a completely desperate coach. Yep. Uh, no, you know, the, no, they don't know what they're doing at quarterback at Tennessee, and they're, they're really, again, not a ton of identity. But not a great spot. I, if I were Kirby, I'd be a little nervous about this one. I think he is, I, I, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yeah, I think I agree. So we're going through the games that matter week five here on Place at the Table. Um, you mentioned Notre Dame. They're hosting Miami of Ohio. Okay. Uh, Troy at LSU. That doesn't matter, but this does matter. Mississippi State at Auburn. Mississippi State at Auburn. Two teams. You know, Auburn's defense is freaking really good. Yes, it is. And then they're just uh, the consistency thing, a little inconsistent on offense. Well, and and where does that come from? Where does that reputation come from? From when they played Clemson. Yeah, because every. But then again, they played ODU. Um, Who else? Mercer. Mercer. Come on. They had the Mercer game. They had a bunch of fumbles, which kept the score down. They would have. They would have scored a bunch if they not fumbled the ball a lot but the thing with Auburn is that defense is really good nobody's going to score on Clemson and you look at Auburn's schedule if they get through this game nine wins is a is a pretty achievable goal and ten wins is a possibility Melzon stays yeah well that's what so last week everybody kept asking about Gus what what's going to happen to Gus like just let, let can we just wait until they play some <laughs> Some different competition because if we're just basing this on them not being able to move the ball against Clemson, well, guess what? That's going to happen to just about everybody that plays Clemson. Yeah, he's going to win out and it's going to be what have you done for me lately. It's going to look good going into next year. There's going to be some hope and he's going to be fine. Yeah. No, I I look at their schedule, especially if they win this game. They are in a nice spot. And by the way, they are – I don't know what changes – and again – George's defense could be special as well. So what right. they did, and Mississippi State couldn't push the ball at all. Um, but I, I don't. That was a. I mean, they were horrible in Athens. Yeah. No, they they couldn't move at all. And you know the next level question that that brings up is how bad is LSU? They might be really State stomped them. And I don't know a ton, I don't know a ton about except as I call them Barbers Babers the offense is always going to be lit I don't know a ton about Syracuse but Syracuse was Eric Dungey's a good quarterback too Yeah it's, and but they were yeah he no he's he's tough too but they were just as good as LSU in the second half Yeah no, they were and and so I wonder now having seen all that and get a little more context could does this just mean does it tell us more about LSU than it does anybody else and we're going to find – I mean, we won't find out this week when they play Troy, but LSU's schedule then becomes quite real. They go to Florida. They play Auburn. We'll know a lot more about them. I have a question that has nothing to do with that buyout life, but it kind of does. And I mean it from a philosophical standpoint. Could LSU move on? And I'm not trying to get Ozer on front, but could they move on just because philosophically they want to start moving in another direction? Well, I do, I do think when you elevate the interim – that person has less time than someone you went outside to hire. That said, LSU did a weird thing with his contract where they got to pay him like 11 million bucks if they fire him. Which, why is that even in his contract? There wasn't anybody else that they were, that, that was looking at him. Nobody was beating down his door. Because remember, they made it such a go all in. On, I know, I know. I, it, it, it was an optics thing. Well, yeah. guess what? Now... 
if you don't like him, if you're sitting there at the end of this year and you're you're mad and you think it's not working out, you're stuck. Yeah, now the optics are penalties and holdings yeah. and personal fouls. Yeah, they, they are not going to fire him, owing him eleven million dollars. So no. he's going to get a chance to get it turned around. But I mean, look, it, it hasn't been pretty to say the least. I mean, they start off the season with a BYU team that might be bottom of the barrel. Right. We didn't know that then. So that's true. We we overestimated LSU based on that result, and now we know that that BYU team wasn't very good. No, not very good. BYU at all. has been consistently, even when they're not great, they're pretty good. Right. And so to to have them not cross the 50 and, and get shut out, you're like, oh, my gosh, how good is LSU's defense? Interesting game because I don't know, let down spot for Oklahoma State after up home against – not up. They weren't – I, I think they were up 7 nothing. No, then it was, this, this would be a letdown spot if they'd beaten TCU. That, this is absolutely not a letdown spot now. I was trying to think in the game. I think they went up 7 nothing. TCU tied it up, and then TCU took off. Uh, but the, you're right. This is not – as far as gambling is concerned, not a letdown spot. However, Oklahoma State at Texas Tech – uh, well, a 3-1 team and a 3-0 and team. Texas Tech defense is has been considerably better. And Watch your mouth out. <laughs> That's just weird I, to hear that I, said. I, in the I know, I know, but it's it's true. I Who's mean, the DC there? Uh, it's the same guy as last year. I think Gibbs is the last Not name. the dude that was getting hammered, right? No, no, no. He's been long gone. Is he, is he coaching again? Always so. fascinated to hear about dude just showing up to work hammered. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's back. Remember, remember that guy was like legitimately. His oh, name yeah. is David Gibbs. David Gibbs is is the current. DC, oh, not, find not the hammered the, not guy. The guy you're talking about. Dustin, pull me up the hammered dude. Hopefully, he got his life straight. But that was an interesting story because the 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 defense always looked drunk. Um, yeah, no, Gibbs is this is Gibbs's third season. Matt so. Wallerstedt. Right, right, right. He's resigned. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So Texas Tech's defense improved. I mean, that's uh, to be fair. There was only one way to go. There definitely was, but you know, it, it has not been an incremental improvement. It has been a a vast improvement. And what's interesting is, I figured the Arizona State thing. You know, they they held them down for a while. Arizona State came back, but Texas Tech won the game. Like, okay, Arizona State isn't very good either so that doesn't mean anything and then Arizona State goes and beats Oregon and you're like oh okay well this is interesting so I I, maybe they're a lot better I still find it very hard to believe given what we've seen over the last few years so my guess is Oklahoma State goes in there and moves the ball pretty easily but perhaps they have done they've figured it out all right, let's get into the biggies. Friday night, USC at, the, which is, unpre- I don't know if it's unprecedented, but this is the fifth to start the season, fifth straight home game for Washington State. Interesting spot for USC, just hear me out. Back-to-back road games in conference, obviously. It, that that Cal team now, from what people say, beats you up. They're now headed up to Washington State. Darnold's thrown seven picks this year. He threw ten all of last year. And just statistically, this well, Washington I, State pass defense is the best in the conference. I We have to pick the game straight up at SI. Do you want to know who I picked? I, now I know you picked Washington State. Yeah. Yep. 
So I just, I just think it's a tough spot for USC. And Jones is out. Carr, the, the freshman running back, is going to carry the load. Uh, he's Mitchell, really good. But he's very good. I don't know if it's Mitchell, the wide receiver. It's a one-two thing. Yeah, no, and Jones is a stud. Mitchell, the wide receiver, was out last week. I don't know if he still is. Um, but I, I mentioned it. You know, you got a senior in Luke Falk at quarterback who, start, who after an off game against Boise State's back, um, fifth home game, they're comfortable, good pass defense, interesting game. Very interesting. Very interesting. And and I just I hate when teams have to be a, a road favorite on a weeknight. I just that's a bad spot to be in. Because when you go to that campus, everybody there knows that they are the show, that the whole country's watching this. And they just get more up for it than they would for a regular Saturday game. Thirty three thousand it's going to be it's i guess it was sold out for a while now it kind of been you know it couldn't have been a more perfect scenario too when you take a look at the schedule it's like if we dream scenario get to usc 4-0 and that's exactly where they are that's exactly where they are now usc is probably still the better team 13 game win streak for usc but this this set of circumstances is rough for them they are banged up they're going to a place that's tough to win It'll look some of Pete Carroll's best USC teams weeknight road games trip them up. Like when they go to, I think two Oregon State games tripped them up. Teams that were, you know, should have been national title contenders. So this is this happens. Is Leach as a game manager? Would you cons- would you identify him as different than his personality? It, I, I guess what I'm saying is. When I watch Leach game, it, he doesn't seem to be as not reckless or as wild with his in-game management. If that oh makes no, it. they're throwing a lot of vertical routes. No, but meaning like fourth downs and stuff. Like it's not like he's just irreverent and just doing crazy stuff all oh, the time. He goes for it on fourth down quite a bit. So all he. Right. So, but I guess what I'm saying is I'm I just think expecting you just expect I, him to be to be like that high school coach in Arkansas who doesn't punt. I expect every punt to be a fake punt <laughs> right right yeah but yes. it's not it's not going to be like that i mean he, he's still trying to win the game so he's not going to be completely out there but you know compared to kirk ference no he's pretty wild compared to <laughs> another up-tempo offensive coach he's about normal if if i were to give you 100 coaches that you'd hang out with just to go get a beer where would kirk ference land Oh, he's he's a uh, low key funny. Oh, good sense of humor. Oh yeah, now he'd he'd be up there. I thought you were gonna say he's a low key alky. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Go no. get a beer. I, I have no idea what his whether he drinks it all or what I do. His preferences Text are, but... me. <laughs> I know all about fair. No, I don't know anything. Yeah. I'm just playing. But, um, he, but he is he is low key dry sense of humor. I think he'd actually be pretty fun to have. Seems like he's got a sense of humor on the sideline. No, for sure. Um, okay. So you think this, and by the way, it is USC laying three and a half. I don't, I won't do that. I can assure you. Mm-mm. I can assure you I won't lay the points. Um, okay. Game day is going to be there. First time in 10 years, Blacksburg. 11 game road win streak for Clemson heading into. Uh, Mr. Fuente's Virginia Tech team with the freshman Josh Jackson, who on the year, and this is a Fuente thing. Thank, there's a dude on the Denver Bronco roster like, thank you, coach. 11 touchdowns, one pick. I mentioned ODU earlier. That's who yeah. Virginia Tech's played. I, I, my bad. They played Delaware, East Carolina, Old Dominion, and they beat West Virginia. 
Right. And, so they haven't played anybody. Game. Well, no, the West Virginia I mean, the West Virginia game at home, though. No, that was at uh, FedEx Field. So Oh, neutral site. That was a great game. That was, that was you know game. what that was coinciding with? That was coinciding with the Rosen and mm-hmm. uh, the, yeah, the, there was the, a lot of crazy Texas going on Tech. at once because Virginia Texas. Tech, West Virginia was pretty, pretty conservative in the first half. Or it very was, like West Virginia just couldn't get its passing game going, and then all of a sudden in the second half, Greer's like, oh. I remember how to do this. And it's just like uncorking 40-yard bomb after 40-yard bomb. Yeah. No, and that meanwhile, you, you flip over and, and Rosen's leading UCLA back. You're like, I can't handle all this at once. Yeah, no, that was crazy. No, you're right. It was a low-scoring first half of West Virginia and Virginia Tech. But then they went nuts. And Josh Jackson, a dual-threat kid, this is, you know, an opportunity for Virginia Tech. But I, I wouldn't be excited if I was Fuente with this defense coming in. No, that defense is nasty. And it's very strange. You mentioned Clemson's road win streak. They tend to play better on the road. Like, they mucked around for three quarters against Boston College last week at home. Which doesn't make sense because I've been there and it is awesome. Death Valley is awesome. awesome. But but for whatever reason, this because the game they almost lost to NC State was a home game. The game they did lose to Pitt last year was a home game. The road, the the only road game that, w- that was a challenge for them, where they they faltered at all, was the Florida State game, and Deshaun had to lead them back on the last drive. But everywhere else, they were very much in control. And I'm thinking that Notre Dame game a couple of years ago was a home game. That was a home game too. You're exactly right. So, you know, the, the their closest calls tend to be at home. I. I I would worry more about that if I'm if I'm Virginia Tech. I'd be like, why? We can't, well, we can't go down to Death Valley. So let's add this one into the mix. Let's throw some cash around this week. This is Patrick's Pick Play. It's not really. It's Patrick and Staples' Pick Play because now he's a gambler. And we're going to (laughs) do the marquee game. So, for example, this one. I have it right now at Clemson Lane 7.5. But let me just double check to make sure it looks like that, though. Uh, So Lane, a little bit more than a touchdown on the road. But as you mentioned... They don't care that they're on the road. This is... I'd take Clemson. So just that much better. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'd be worried and, about laying the points here either. And it's funny that that is not an insult to Virginia Tech. It is not you know, denigrating them in any way, shape, or form. Clemson is is just levels above almost everybody else in terms of talent. Yeah, that's a pretty easy one. Dustin, pop your mic on. What is that? What's that number right uh, now? Westgate still has uh, Virginia Tech catching seven and a half. Okay, so still a little bit more than a touchdown. I want to circle back a little bit, Andy. Mississippi Auburn's lane nine to Mississippi I'm, State. I'm shocked with that. That line is is a little shocking. Yeah, that's juicy. I listen. I didn't love Miss, Mississippi State obviously against Georgia, but I do like catching nine points. No, you know. See, I don't. You know what this, this says to me? This says, "What do they know? What 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 does Vegas know that we don't?" Very fair. <laughs> That's that. That is a that is a. This is, this makes no sense. Somebody knows something we don't. But but as far as the pick play, we all agree. In the swamp, go under forty-two. I mean, yes, it's just yes, gonna be, yes, that's yes, going to yes. be like a twelve. Don't worry game. about who's going to win. Just, just under. That's going to be yeah, twelve ten somewhere in there. It's going to be gross and ugly, not fun. I wanted to bring up that Georgia just to get a 
make sure I get the number right on that. But I think it truly is Georgia Lane seven and a half on the road. So I'd stay away from that. Yep, seven and a half on the road. Yeah, I don't know what I'd do there. I don't think I'd touch that game. Yeah, it's just that if if Tennessee had not lost the way they lost to Florida and then had the weird game against UMass, if this were just a completely normal season, <laughs> I'd have more of a feel for it. But they're so desperate and backed against the wall. You've got the crazy thing where Butch is calling the media fake news in Knoxville because they're asking why a defensive tackle got hurt. They're, they're, they're sitting out pictures of the D-tackle and, and the goose egg on his head from where he got hurt. And like, seriously? I'm gonna give you one. I'm gonna give you one, Andy, and then you just evaluate it. Hated the way the UCLA sideline looked at the end of the game oh, against Stanford. Oh, oh yeah. Hated the way they looked. Hated the way they finished that game. Moore looked just completely defeated. They're hosting Colorado, and I'm gonna take Colorado. Feel like I'm getting the better. Co- I'm gonna take Colorado catching a touchdown. I get seven points. So, did you see where that game opened? No. Colorado catching four and a half. So people betting on UCLA people are all over UCLA. That again, what do they know that I don't? Because that looked like UCLA just getting, I don't know, getting their spirit broken last week. I did. It, if I watched the full the whole game because I'm on the West Coast here, and yeah. it was easy to stay it was the up. The only for. game left on. I, I ended up watching. I that I watched that whole game that, too. It's completely dispirited. I mean, they they were at the end. It was a. Again, to use the word listless team. Now, Colorado got beat up by Washington because Washington beats up everybody they play. But, and Colorado is not as good this year as they were last year. So I do understand this a bit, but everybody's just jumping all over. They looked like they were broken at the end of last game. I have a hard time betting on anybody that looked like that the last time they played. I agree. Place at the table! Do you hear it? That means it's time. It's the drumline. Staples drumline. We're going to open up the mailbag. Sports Illustrated's, of course, Andy Staples. Hey, by the way, if you want to email us, you can find us. Place at the table pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at PATT Podcast. You know, I liked one that you did read on SportsIllustrated.com, and that was about the fan bases. Uh, you pulled the okie doke. You guys think I'm going to say Nebraska when talking about unrealistic expectations from a fan base, but the answer for you is what fan base? Tie Tennessee and Texas A&M. Tennessee and Texas A&M. Okay. And and they're they're both looking to run their coaches out because they're not satisfied with where they are. Although I'm not entirely sure. Things are going to get that much better with a new new person. Who's especially the, but, at A and Who's the hot candidate right now? Who's the hot coordinator that people? Oh, so this is the problem. There really isn't one. So you got Mike Norville at Memphis. Yeah, Orgeron just messed up one. Yeah, maybe Scott. <laughs> yeah, maybe Scott Frost at UCF. See how they like they play each other this Saturday. So Why isn't see. he going to be at Nebraska? Like, isn't that a natural? Oh, he might be, but you know they still have to fire Mike Riley if if. For that to happen, yeah, and they have not decided on that yet. So, sure they um, haven't. And then, and then you got Jeff Brom at Purdue, but I don't know that Jeff Brom leaves Purdue after a year. So, what you have is a severe lack of 
hot coaching candidates, but you could have a glut of big coaching jobs, which which means the ones that are sitting in pretty good jobs now are about to get lots of money thrown at them. Now, here's a really interesting thing, and Tennessee and A&M may both be intrigued by this, depending on how things go. So this this whole basketball investigation by the FBI, one very interesting football thing has come out of this. Tom Jurich was the the AD at Louisville. He he got fired yeah. because of the investigation. In Bobby Petrino's contract, it says his buyout is cut in half if Tom Jurich is no longer the athletic director at Louisville. What? So his buyout now, Jurich is on administrative leave. He's got to get Ogeron's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lawyer. So, so contra- contractually, they have to wait to officially fire Jurich. But once they fire Jurich, Petrino's buyout drops from a very prohibitive $8.5 million to a rather manageable $4.25 million. So don't be shocked if you see Bobby Petrino's name come up if Tennessee fires Jones. If A&M fires Sumlin, I don't know that he would be one at Nebraska if they open up, but uh, there are going to be a lot of jobs. And by the way, he's now in an athletic department that's in complete disarray. But did you just did you just hear that no, that noise in the background you hear is from the state of Minnesota, and it's P.J. Fleck breaking the boat in half i'm not i'm not even i'm not sure he would leave after a year no but i'm saying he just stuck around at western he would have had his choice he could have been to texas he could have went to yeah yeah. he's snapping oars over his forehead a&m knoxville there would have been plenty of opportunities i mean minnesota's a fine job but it's not tennessee no it's a fine job but it's not a&m exactly exactly so i but i i think it could be more established names and and look Given the amount of jobs that could be open and the lack of, of qualified candidates, I think that would cause some people to get over any hangups they might have about Bobby Petrino's personality and the fact that he doesn't necessarily tell his boss the truth all the time. I think they'd probably they'd probably just be willing to let that slide. You think he, he's hireable beyond Louisville at this time? <laughs> I didn't. But now that I look at the jobs that maybe in a in a doomsday scenario where every job that we think is going to come open opens up, I guarantee you somebody would would get over it at that point because there just wouldn't be enough people. And he's good; he wins. I'm sorry, but Brom. Well, first off, Brom would go to Louisville if Petrino left. Maybe. Come on. Some guys he's will so, not he, leave after a year. They he was Mister Kentucky's everything to Kentucky. But I know, I know he is, but. He, some guys will not leave after a year. It's just a- one of those deals. A and M gives you all those resources to recruit. I mean, there's just like A and M oh, is such a good, unbelievable. Except they're historically mediocre, but they think they should compete for the national title every year. There you go. That's the that's the the drawback. And as, as long as Nick Saban is in Tuscaloosa, everybody else in the SEC West is fighting for second place, and that that's also a problem. All right, give me at least one from the mailbag before we get out of here. All right, I got a, I got one that I liked. Um, let me see if I can find it. PJ it Fleck. Was, it was from a guy 
a, a TCU fan who asked if I liked or how, how how would I evaluate the transition from Kenny Trill to now Kenny Chill? <laughs> hey, but Kenny, to be it's fair. Like, it's like Kenny Hill has to have a nickname. Kenny people Hill. won't let him be Kenny Hill. The reason a lot of people didn't like TCU this year was specifically because of Kenny Hill, and he's played very well. He has played very, very well. I was at TCU yesterday. I talked to Gary Patterson about Kenny and, and what he's doing differently, and he basically Patterson basically said, Kenny is making the easy plays. He, he is worried about just get get the easy stuff right. Don't feel like you have to press too much. Don't feel like you've always got to throw to the, over the defense's head. You know, every other down, it's it's not necessary. There's enough talent around you that if you just do your job, then they can win games. There were times last year where he clearly was pressing. He clearly was trying to do too much. And it, it did not work out. Now, I, I did a story on Kenny in, that ran in July. I talked to him for a while back in March. He, he seems like a completely different person than he was at Texas A&M. Uh, he was just – he was very young. Less weed? A, a very I, – I, I don't know. Well, there, there was booze there because uh, I don't think it was weed that made him, made him pass out in that planner in front of Shimmy's. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I get it, Texas A&M folks – Everybody's passed out in front of Shimmy's before. Yeah, but Kenny Kenny was really honest, talking about how embarrassed he was that you know if you Google his name, that picture's still one of the first thing that comes up, and that he's just tried to live a normal life, and he he kind of got caught up in that rock star lifestyle at A and M because it was a weird time at A and M. You know, he was a freshman in 2013, which was Johnny's second year playing third year there and he backed up johnny as a freshman and he just sort of you know watched him as like oh if I, this guy can do this plus I can do this. just the shrapnel falling off of yeah. johnny at the time must right. have been nuts and and there was this Beatlemania aspect to all the a&m football players at the time because everybody was so euphoric over the move to the sec and they still thought it was going to be easy to win in the sec and and kenny was telling talking about the the first date he had with the girl that he's he's still dating now and basically they had to run out of the restaurant because there were girls chasing him oh and they're like they're like banging on the windows (laughs) so (laughs) but it was like some Beatlemania type stuff and but he he realized that he was not looking at things the right way he thought he was going to be there three years and be in the nfl i think he's much more realistic now about what his future is and and you know what he is as a quarterback. So it's one of those interesting stories of of someone going from being 18 years old to being 22 years old. There's a big difference. Williams Bryce ruined him. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Us thinking South Carolina was good when that, that, I was honestly bad. was so into them that I think he threw five touchdown passes he in that did, game. He threw like 400 something. It was it was insane. It was one of the great perform. It was crazy. Ugh, that was terrible. But we th- and, but we thought he was doing that against like a top ten team. So no, like, yeah, this guy's amazing. No, we had never been more hype about a team than that South Carolina team. And remember, that was that South Carolina opened every Thursday night, and that yes. was that Thursday night to open the season. Yeah, they used to open. They would before that they would always open against Vandy, and it would be like a a twelve to ten game yeah. every year. Boring, totally boring. All right. Well, 
We finished week four with more questions than answers. Kind of a light schedule as far as, you know, some conference play, but... USC, Washington State, and of course, Clemson, Virginia. Those are the biggies. And if you want to throw Mississippi State, Auburn in the mix, okay. I, I'm, I am very curious about Auburn because I think this game will give us a very good indication of what the rest of the season is going to look like. So Auburn piques your curiosity. Mm-hmm. I'm get, There's so many elements to that, to Tennessee hosting Georgia. Yeah. And then Friday night in Pullman. Now, it's also my birthday. I can't tell you what kind of state I'm going to be in when that game kicks off, but I'm going to try to watch. Definitely a Kenny Trill state at that point. I, I might be Kenny Chill. I don't know. <laughs> Wish Staples. I go from Trill to Chill very quickly. Yeah. Well, at this age, we all do. At Andy underscore Staples, you can say happy birthday. Download and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and check us out, pattpodcast.com. Andy, happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. And I'm just as old as you now. Well, you caught up. At PATT Podcast on Twitter. We'll talk to you next time. Place at the uh, table. <laughs>